Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back into the first episode of the JPP podcast in 2020. We got Pops and LJ. What's Whoa, going on, guys? New decade. What's up? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been a while since we've been on. We've uh, we had a little. Well, I, I would say we had a hiccup. I think I just had a hiccup over the holidays. Kind of caught a little bit of the flu, and then I, I was gonna. We were gonna try to pull a Michael Jordan oh, flu God. game, but we we're all in the same house, and I thought it <laughs> probably would be best we weren't all sharing the same microphone and just. I'm no Scottie Pippen either, so <laughs> I don't know if Dad was ready to step up and be Steve Kerr, but Dad's always ready uh, to be Steve Kerr. I think that's that's not a question. <laughs> Well, as long as I could stay away from you, is what I was wanting to do. But after a long, after a long little hiatus, we are back. We are reloaded. Twenty twenty is ready to go. And my goodness, wild card round! I don't know. I mean, this might be a recency bias, but I felt like the NFL wild card round was a pretty solid, pretty solid this year. Was there two overtime games? Two overtime games. All four of them were one Jeez. possession games. I mean, they were, and they all had like a chance to wow. win towards the end. We saw the the dynasty of Tom Brady ended, Deshaun Watson balling, the Vikings with the upset. We got a lot oh, to get into. Yeah, we do. Yeah, wow. And then we got a little more. We might touch on towards the end. We we uh, may touch on a little college football playoffs. Just the championship coming up. Just there's a good uh, Coach O story that I have that I read on the internet. I wouldn't mind sharing with you guys. Then there's uh, the Consumer Electronics Show. There's some crazy new inventions being introduced. So we might touch on. We got a lot of stuff to touch on, but. Let's start with Wild Card Round, but before we get into it, I do want to tell you about our friends from My Bookie. There's nothing better than My Bookie. There's nothing better when you're watching some playoff games, especially with us right now. We don't have a dog in the fight. None of our teams are even they didn't even sniff well, I guess the Cowboys sniffed the playoffs, but they shouldn't have even yeah. sniffed the playoffs. <laughs> but we don't have a dog in the fight. So while you're sitting on the couch, if you're like us, go ahead and get you a dog in the fight and put some money on the line. And my bookie is the best place to win. They offer all kinds of Odds and lines you can bet first half, second half, total game points, the over unders. You can do parlays if you don't want to. Maybe you don't want to bet on one team, but you have a, a inkling about three of the games. Put money on three or four and and watch that little ten twenty dollar bet multiply into a hundred dollar win. And right now, my bookie is offering a special offer to all of the JPP listeners. They will double your first deposit. So if you go in there and put a hundred dollars, you go in there and put a hundred dollar deposit, you're going to end up with two hundred dollars to play with. All you have to do Whoa. is put in the promo code chair C H A I R 
when you go to mybookie.com and they will double, 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 double that first deposit. And we're well, I, I'm not even a huge gambling man, but that doesn't sound like a gamble at all. That's just free money. I mean, they're, they're Am just, I right? They're giving you free money. Now all you got to do, wow. now all you have wow. to do is listen to the JPP pod and then go bet the opposite of whatever we predict, and you're talking about some cash, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> somebody got to give me money to make money on gambling. I know that seems like, but yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, let's get let's let's educate the people before they go put all their money down, and let's talk about before we get into the divisional round. Let's talk about that wild card round, and I kind of just wanted to. I know I'm going to have to eat some crow. At some point, because old Kirky Cousins <laughs> Kirky Poo. was awesome. Was he awesome. Was great. Yeah. I'll just go ahead and ask you, Pops, and this might be where you start. Big takeaway. What, what, what's something you took away from wildcard round? The biggest takeaway that I had was how the Saints, I mean, not to take anything uh, away from Kirk Cousins, the Saints lost that game, I thought. I mean, Kamara gets seven rushes. You've got one of the most dangerous wow, backs. I didn't realize that. He had eight receptions, seven rushes. You've got one of the most dangerous backs in the NFL, and you don't get him the ball more than that. I just, wow. I, I just think that's ridiculous. Um, and then towards the end, why did they let the ten seconds run off? Because they they let they came out. You tell me if I'm wrong. On the next play, they let the ten second run off instead of using their timeout and having twenty one seconds, right? They come out, and Drew Brees kind of drops back and throws the ball on the ground. He almost is is ditching the ball to stop the clock. So uh, what the hell were they thinking? Sean Payton, I didn't think, called a good game. And I, I thought the Saints lost it. Now, Minnesota did win it, but I did think the Saints lost it, really. I do more. I do want to, and we will in a second, I do want to give some shout-outs to Minnesota because, like I said, I, I, I personally I have to give a shout-out to Kirk Cousins, and I have some stats to throw at you. But to back your point up, Pops, uh, towards the end of that game, I do feel like the Saints and Sean Payton specifically really, and I think Sean Payton's a really good coach, but I think they dropped the ball towards the end of the game with the clock management. And to go further, at the the Vikings had the ball on third down, and the Viking and the the Saints stopped them with two minutes and fifty four seconds on the clock. At that point, Sean Payton could have used one of his. I, I think he had two timeouts at that point, maybe just one. He might have just had the one timeout. He had one timeout. But he could have went ahead and stopped the clock right there because it was a, a run play or a sack by Kirk Cousins. But instead, he decided to let the clock run so he could save his time out. The Vikings were then able to run their entire play clock, which is 40 seconds, and then punt with all that time, with the, the time the punt was in the air and the return. That got all the way down to the two-minute warning. So not only did he waste 54 seconds, but he also wasted that second clock stoppage at the two-minute warning. Yeah. Personally, if I have Drew Brees, a Hall of Fame quarterback who I really trust, I'd rather have the three minutes, then the two time and one out. Yeah, because you trust him. He's a veteran quarterback. You expect him to not make stupid mistakes. Because it took, what, like two play, two or three plays, and they were already back where the, the Vikings punted from. So, I mean, they would have been back at that spot with two minutes, maybe at the two-minute warning. With I know they don't have timeouts, but at least you got Drew Brees. I think you trust him not to get sacked. And if you go down with Drew Brees, you go down with your Hall of Fame quarterback. But I think I'm with you, Pops. I think you trust, you trust him. And then – that wasn't the first – that wasn't the last gaffe. They did what you're talking about towards the end. Breeze connects with Jerry Cook on that 14-yard pass. They got the Saints all the way down to the 26. So they're looking at a, make, a very makeable 43-yard field goal. And then instead of calling the timeout, right then it was 40, 34 seconds. And mm-hmm. instead of calling the timeout, they rushed to the line of scrimmage yep. to go do a spike. They don't get to the line of scrimmage until 21 seconds. So already they wasted 31 seconds. They wasted or, 13, 13, 13 seconds, yeah. yeah. And then – 
He goes to spike it. We have an illegal shift, which is a 10-second runoff since the clock was running. So they wasted the 13, not calling the timeout to try to spike it. Then they wasted the instead of they should have called the timeout with 21 seconds. Well, but isn't the bigger deal, Kevin? Though then, what do they do? They don't come out and take a shot at the end zone. That, well, did I miss? Do, I, I'm trying to remember the play. It seemed like Drew Brees took the snap, kind of went to the right and threw the ball at the ground because maybe some play wasn't there or whatever. But they clocked. So what I'm end. what I'm assuming is they don't they don't use their timeout and they let that 10 second runoff go. So it's now 11 seconds. Mm-hmm. So that if you're doing that, then that's you're going okay. We got one more shot at the end zone. And then we kick a field goal. And I'm and I'm betting Drew Brees was told, if you don't have it right away, just go ahead and throw it away, which you did. But that's why you called go ahead and use that timeout to not get the runoff. If you do that at twenty one seconds, maybe Brees gets two shots at the end zone. Three shots. Yeah. You have your Hall of Fame quarterback. I think you trust him not to get sacked. And if he gets sacked, you know, I think you go down like that. I well, don't know. And by the way, you've got the guy I mentioned before, Alvin Kamara, and you've got possibly the best wide receiver in the game in Michael Thomas. I mean, give him a chance. I I, I'm glad we'll get into this. I'm kind of glad Sean Payton is not the coach of the Cowboys after the way he <laughs> did that game. That's, I don't know. I might. I might. You might want to pump the brakes on the LJ. Yeah, that was. We'll see. We've had. We, we've got me and LJ. Huh. Or we got me and Pop's reaction. Uh, the, the Saints would go on to win in overtime. Kirk Cousins would drive right down there and throw no, a touchdown. The, the Vikings would Kyle go on Rudolph. to win. Yeah. Yes, the Vikings. Sorry, the Vikings go on to win in overtime. Uh, LJ, what were your thoughts? Do you kind of echo those with Saints, or do you want to talk more about on Kirk that Cousins game? On that, that game in particular, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think you guys know I was, I was doing a lot of traveling during the last weekend, but uh, j- just reacting to the Vikings winning was, uh, I, I was, I was happy to see him win. That was one of the games that I felt pretty confident that I knew the result of before the game ended, or before the game even started. And I turned out I was wrong. I was, I was definitely expecting the Saints to win that game. So I'm, I'm I happy. Think you to see along the with most win. of most of the viewing audience thought besides. Besides the Viking fans I was yeah. watching with, I think most people thought the Saints were going to be the winners there, and that was not the case. Yeah, man, I'm happy. I like the Vikings. I like I like what team they've got too. So I, I like to see. I mean, I think they're going up against a meat grinder with the 49ers, and we'll see what happens. I think that'll be a fun game. But um, yeah, that I was happy to see him win. Personally. Okay, well, let me give a shout out now to Kirk Cousins, who played a huge game. He had his stat line was 19 for 31, 242 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, as he outplayed, as we mentioned, the future Hall of Famer Drew Brees. And what I really want to look at is third down. Kirk Cousins on third down inside the Superdome, which was rocking that whole game. He went, and the Saints were the number six ranked third down defense throughout the year. And Cousins went nine for 12 with seven first downs and a touchdown and no turnovers for 110 yards on third down alone. Money down. And that and that includes two drops by Vikings rookies on third down. So he could have easily went 11 for 12 on third. Meanwhile, the Hall of the future Hall of Famer Drew Brees went 4 for 11 on third down as far as conversion rate. So Kirk, Kirk Cousins just outplayed him and then those huge throws. I mean, there was a couple of times I know we're probably going to talk about that or the one most people remember is that Kirk Cousins that throw to Adam Thielen in overtime where he dropped a dime over his shoulder mm-hmm. and Thielen made a really good catch to get him to the three. But if, there was a, another play in the fourth quarter where Cousins gets a, a, a free blitzers coming right at him on third and nine, and he throws a ball to Thielen again where Thielen doesn't look open at the time, and he just drops a beautiful ball and Thielen gets underneath it. I just, I just had to tip my cap to Cousins. I thought he played a fantastic game. I was I was telling actually I was watching mom who's a Vikings fan so I wasn't rooting against Cousins but I was kind of waiting for that moment in overtime where he screws up to where I can say I told you so and 
He just right. He just continued to make big throw after big throw. And after the game, I just really was I was happy for him because you could tell he was really pumped about the game and he really felt like he got that monkey off his back. And I I think they have a shot against the 49ers. Ooh, I'm yeah. with you, L. I think they have a shot. They, he's going up against the meat grinder, and they're a really good team. But that defense was amazing. I thought that defensive line was getting after it. Thielen being healthy, I think, and Dalvin Cook, obviously, is huge for that offense. I just hope Stephon Diggs will quit throwing temper tantrums on the sideline for him. It's got to be frustrating. But huge, huge <laughs> game for the Vikings. LJ, did you have any other games you want to touch on from the wild card? Um, well, I just wanted real quick to respond to uh, you talking about Kirk on third down and, and throughout his career, he's actually been really good on third down. And, and I feel like he's gotten an unfair break. And I've made that very clear on this uh, podcast in my life. But uh, the other game I wanted to touch on is I just wanted to mention the Bills and Texans. I feel like that was the game that I was uh, going into these playoffs this wildcard weekend. It was the only game that I really didn't feel like I knew who was going to win. Um, and, and I feel like the, I, I feel like I watched that game wondering who was for real and who was like not supposed to be in the playoffs. And I think I've decided that the Texans are for real because I also think the bills are for real. I think that was a good game. And I think that the Texans are going to go on to really give the chiefs some trouble. So that's just something I wanted to throw out there. I'm really excited about that game in the AFC. Well, that we'll go ahead. Pops. What were you going to say? Well, I guess talking about Buffalo and uh, Houston, uh, I heard some people say Booger was really, you know, talking Josh Allen up big in the first half. Well, he should have been. Josh Allen was playing amazing in the first half, putting, dropping dimes, hitting the open receiver, running the ball when he needed. He looked like a cultured professional football player. And in the second half, he lost it like nothing. Yeah, it looked like he lost control of the wheel. He lost control of the wheel. That damn. (laughs) Uh, lateral he tried with like two minutes and 30 seconds left. It's like, what the hell are you thinking? Took that bad sack. I mean, the guy was on him quick, but I just, I felt, I think his immaturity showed up and I really like the kid. I think he's going to be, I thought he could have pulled that out. And the way he played in the first quarter, there was such a difference in the way he played in the first quarter and the way he played in the second quarter. And, and there was a difference between the way Deshaun Watson played in the first quarter and the second quarter. Superman did put his cape on in the second second half or second half is what I meant on all yeah. that. Right, uh, I do. Yeah, I want to get on Deshaun. I have some uh, stats that I, about his second half that was fantastic. But to your point, both of y'all's point about Josh Allen and the Bills, he might be if if you're if you're a fan and you think Josh Allen has the chance to be a really good quarterback. There are parts in that game that you can totally defend your argument. Yep, he looked fan like he was running the ball well. He looked like a leader. He was throwing the ball well, but. If you think Josh Allen is a bust and he's really not that good of a quarterback, there's also plenty of plays from that game where you can defend your argument. I'm, I'm with you, Dad. That run was fantastic. <laughs> well, what the hell is he doing? Ladder on it. And then in the four, in the overtime, they need a play, and he throws it deep in double coverage to a guy in the 40s. That was a fullback. That wasn't his job. That wasn't John Brown. I got to, there's times where you scratch your head and you think, what is he doing? And there's other times where you, he makes fantastic plays. So I I think Josh Allen has a chance to be a solid quarterback. I do too. And I, I just think there's still times, like you said, Dad, there's still times where all of a sudden I, he like blanks out and he just does something crazy. And you're like, whoa, if you can get it's almost a little Jameis Winston isk where you, you're like, if you can just get those wild plays out and just and just be more conservative on some of those, you'll be really good. But you know, another guy. Yeah, but wait till their best <laughs> wide receiver isn't the third best receiver from Arizona two years ago. Like, wait right. till he gets a wide receiver. And I'm I thought the coaching saying. wasn't great where you Devin Singletary's great and I, I love Frank Gore's future Hall of Famer probably, but 
I don't understand why he was out touching Frank Gore. It's kind of or out touching Devin Singletary. It's kind of like you said with Kamara, Dad. Why are you, get your get your guys the ball? And but what were you about to say, Pop? Well, the way you were describing Josh Allen is is exactly the way they used to describe a guy named Brett Favre early in his career. I mean, he was just nuts doing ignorant shit like that. And if you thought if you could ever get that straightened out, so I think Josh Allen's got the tools. Uh, he's got the ability, the talent. He, he can put it together. So Yeah, I think I looked at my notes from the game, and I wrote down at one point in the fourth quarter, is Josh Allen the greatest not-good quarterback of all time? So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> on to Sean Watson. I think we may have learned why, uh, if we didn't already know, why Dabo Sweeney, after he left Clemson, compared him to Michael Jordan. Yep. Because that dude went 20 for 25 for 247 yards, a touchdown, and no picks. And a running touchdown, not to mention the two the two two point conversions that he had to convert in the second half, which he did. And I was just looking at his second half and overtime numbers alone. This is what he did in second half in OT: fourteen for seventeen, two hundred yards, forty three rushing yards, two touchdowns, two successful two point conversions, and willed the Texans back in that game. I, now you do got to give a shout out to JJ Watt. He had a really timely sack yes, in the second did. half that I think really helped propel him. But there was just a lot from from Deshaun Watson where I thought. That guy, I just – it's almost like we talked about with Russell Wilson where he gets the ball late and you're like, he's going to score on us. I, Deshaun Watson's a lot like that. He just makes a play. That play where he gets smacked from one side, smacked from the other, stays up on his feet, and completes it to the third-string running back to get all the way down <laughs> to like the five-yard line. Yeah. He just makes plays when it counts. Like Dad said, he puts his cape <laughs> on when it's money time. And I'm with you, LJ. <laughs> I think the Chiefs are the better team. The Chiefs probably win. But Deshaun Watson can win any game. And that team has some serious weapons – if Will, Phil, Will Fuller yeah. can ever get back from a hamstring injury, that offense is just going to get better. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm interested in that yeah. game. Did y'all see – I did want to get y'all's uh, thoughts. The the first play of the second half where the, the Texans guy on the kickoff, he catches the ball, and instead of kneeling or fair catching, yeah. he just assumes he's down and tosses it to the ref. Can, can you explain what happened to me? Because all I saw was that Lisa Salters ruined the camera shot for it because they went to her instead of <laughs> – um, the actual game. So what happened? What the hell happened? So so he, he it's the kickoff, and the Bills kick it off, and he catches it in the back of the end zone. You can either fair catch it, or you can kneel it, right? And that's a touchback. Or you can just not catch it at all okay. and let it bounce in the end zone. That's a touchback. Well, the the Texans kickoff returner catches the ball, and then immediately, he, does put, he does a hand signal, which is a hand signal not to the ref. It's more to your players showing, I'm not taking this out. So don't worry about blocking. You can just chill. But he catches it. And then just tosses it to the ref. The ref looks like he's playing, you know, a uh, hot potato or something. He is not touching that ball. The ref gets out of like, the way, no, 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 puts no. his hands up. <laughs> he's clearly saying, dude, that's a live ball. Uh, and the Bills player runs, one of the Bills players runs down there and picks it up, and the ref signals touchdown. And they're fixing to give the Bills a touchdown, and then it looks like, I'm not sure who it is, because it's not one of the officials, it's one of the sideline officials or something, comes like sprinting onto the field. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And they end up changing the rule and saying that he was giving himself up and that that should be a touchback. But but, but no. So if you look in the rule book, there's no giving yourself up. There's either calling a fair catch or there's kneeling and there's really not much in between. Well, here to your like, point. That should have been a seven, touchdown. Should it not have been? Rule seven, section two, article one of the NFL <laughs> rule book is, quote, when a runner declares himself down by falling to the ground or kneeling and clearly making no immediate effort to advance. That is when he is considered down. That says and, it say, not or. That does not yeah, say or. Yeah, it doesn't or. say or because he did, he did clearly make no immediate uh, effort to advance, but it does, like Dad said, it says and, not or. So he needs to kneel 
and not make any immediate. They got it wrong. It should have been a touchdown. You know what, though? I, I do want to so say. Should the Bills have won that game? They would have, I think, with that. Probably. I really liked them kind of getting together and doing what – I mean, the common sense thing. I mean, the guy was giving himself up. That Let that be a lesson Since when to does everybody. the NFL do the common sense thing, though? Well, I, I'm just – yeah, but like, they did go with. If the we're spirit. playing spades and Kevin throws down the ace of spades on the like, you know, when he when he's trying to go low, low or some shit, like we're not going to say like, well, the intention was obviously that he was going to hand hey, that over. That's you know, different. Like that's he, spades. He screwed up. That's spades. That's family. That's it's on the line, dude. <laughs> there ain't no going back. There's rules. Damn it. There's rules. So I will though. To your point, Dad. To your, when when they first when I first saw it, I thought, okay, good. Don't give him a touchdown. That he was clearly not going to return it. That's common sense. I liked it. But once I saw the rule book, technically they got the rules wrong. Either I just if we're gonna do let's okay. do the common sense thing, let's do it every time. They don't do it every well, time. And I don't want to put the think about what's a what's a damn sense. catch or pass interference. I was gonna say technically to Kyle Rudolph of the damn law. OPI'd. I mean, technically Kyle Rudolph pushed off. <laughs> well so I mean Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't know that I'd I buy that fully, but I I don't, I don't know. It is it is funny to go back to that Saints Vikings. It is funny that that they made the the rule to review pass interference because of the Saints, and then they did not review pass interference in the Saints game. I thought that was interesting. I would I don't know if I'd reverse that play, but I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. well. But I think New York reviewed it, and there was nothing really to look at. But anyway, that's that's beyond. It sucks that it it comes back to New York. But so that's it's, that's it's, neither here nor there. It seems like every week where there's the refs screwing stuff up, you know, recently in the past, especially now, and it doesn't feel like it was always that way. I was going to ask you, pops, do you think are we are we smarter football fans to notice the refs seem to screw up more, or is it like social media where everything's so quick and we see all the the replays on videos and we're able to see like smart I people think tweeting? I've out? got the answer to that. I I, I don't want to answer for pops, but like. What is what poster do you have up in your uh, cabin at the at the river right now? Like right above the fireplace, pops. I think you're talking about the four officials: one with selling pencils, <laughs> one with the CNI dog, and <laughs> and, and with like a blind. <laughs> so it's obvious they're all blind, and, and over the top it says the eyes of Texas because Arkansas <laughs> seemed to get right, just ripped one. by the referees by when they played the Longhorns. So <laughs> yes. But I think the answer to, to all your questions, Kevin, is yes. We are better football fans, are more intelligent football educated. fans, more educated football fans. And I think now, you know, you have the the uh, I think even in the NBA, they they published like the last two minutes of calls, and and if you know they grade officials, and they're trying to be more fair. There's a great podcast on this, by the way. I'm trying to remember the guy's name called Ref You Suck. Um, Michael Lewis, Michael Lewis, listen to yes, it. It's Michael really Lewis. good. We ought to put that in the show notes because it's excellent. But we 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 grade our we grade our officials almost so so much that they can't use their human intervention to make fairness. If that makes they sense, can't, they can't do the common sense thing like don't allow the touchdown when the guy clearly wasn't returning the kick. You could, yeah, you probably couldn't do that. And I'm t- you do that in that game, it's probably almost over. That game is almost over if you give the yeah. Bills a touchdown right then. And who wants to watch the second half of the game? I'm sure some of the football or the uh, – who was that on? Uh, NBC? I can't remember which station it was yeah, at. Yeah, uh, that was ESPN because it was – ESPN, Morgan. I bet they're kind of going, hey, don't call that a touchdown. Don't call – you know, we've got a game that's great. <laughs> Those Buffalo Wild Wings are yeah. right. <laughs> Don't run it. So, 
refs, I, refs are in I'm a hard you. position. They're in a hard position. I, well, I just was sitting there thinking, I was like, God, the refs suck now. But I think I'm. I, I, the more I thought about it, one, we have the rules analyst in the booth now to like come and give us the exact rule. And then like with Twitter and Facebook and stuff, like there's smart people who are able to go go in and look at like like I just was able to rattle off Rule Seven, Section Two, Article One of the NFL Rulebook. What I would have really done that hard to push Control F when you had a sheet of paper in front of you, right? You know? And now I have these guys that like <laughs> these smart people at ESPN who are able to like immediately after tweet out the exact rule of what the ref did, and I can see oh the ref did get it wrong or whatever. So I think. With internet right. and with social media and just we're so worried about the refs, I think we're smarter when they do. They've always probably had plays where they screw up. I do think refs get way more plays right than they get wrong. We just highlight, like you said, pops, and that that's why that that podcast Fact. kind of illuminates is that we we don't we don't go oh they really got that play right when they didn't call holding. We just look at why did they screw this up when they did. So well, I want to be clear and right, say since right. you said refs get it right ninety eight point nine or ninety nine percent of the time, those guys are good at what they do. Yeah. They really get it right almost always. Yeah. All right, moving. It's just only fun to talk about when they screw it up. Right. Moving to a game where uh, some fans are mad at the refs, uh, the Seahawks-Eagles, when Carson Wentz leaves in the first quarter after Javion Clowney seems to hit him in the head. Uh, LJ, I go to you. Was One, was that – here's the question. Do you think that play was dirty by uh, Javion Clowney? Do I think he meant to do that? No. Do I think that he should have been penalized for that? Yes. Uh, totally agree I, with that, I Jay. think that was, totally. that was a penalty. Yeah, I, and and I hate that that ended up being kind of the game because Josh McCown, as great as I think Josh McCown has been throughout his career, is not a, a playoff game winning quarterback. He's just not. I mean, I do want to throw out. I was it was actually kind of fun watching Josh McCown because I'm with you. L. I'm a fan of Josh McCown. Every time I ever heard the dude talk, he seems really cool. He really had some cool yeah. uh, his post game interview. It really was interesting, and I, I just like the guy. But an interesting stat about him, Josh McCown who was playing in a play, his first playoff game ever at 40 years old last Sunday, handed the ball to Emmitt Smith for his final touchdown. He also threw to Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> oh for God. his first touchdown. <laughs> and now he's running around in the 2020 playoff game. What a freaking career wow. by Josh McCown. Wow. <laughs> that is insane. I just could not wow. believe it. Um, but to your point, wow. to your point on the Jadavion Clowney, I think I'm with you guys. I don't think it was dirty, but he should have been penalized for it. That wouldn't have brought Carson Wentz back. He still would have been hurt. So I don't think... If you're an Eagles fan, you say the ref screwed, lost you the game. Sure, you might have got a first down yeah. on that drive. But, but it, it was helmet to helmet, right? right. And he but put his head bit, down yeah. to hit the helmet. I mean, that's a it clear. It should have been an obvious penalty. It's an me. obvious I mean, penalty. I don't know that he meant it. It's an obvious penalty. And, yes, it doesn't bring I Carson did. Wentz back. But they should have caught I heard him. on on whether Jadavion Clowney's dirty or not, I, I heard Ryan Clark, who I really like on ESPN, talking about that play in particular. And he said he was saying was that. Was Ryan Clark the one with sickle cell? Yes, yes. The way he played and the way a lot of defenders play is you want to make it known that every play, I'm going to try to hit you. I'm, you're you're going to have to, if you're going to run, and especially if you're going to decide not to slide, which Wentz did, he went he went forward. Because Wentz is a really good runner. And yeah. if he's not going to give himself up, I'm going to just say, hey, if you're not giving yourself up, you're going to get hit. You're going to get hit. And I think what actually Ryan Clark called it was he called it a burpee hit where you just try to put your body on him. You're just trying to let him know you're going to get a body on you every time. And it's going to hurt if you don't want to slide. And I think that's all Connie was doing. Now it's a bang bang play, and he did lower his head and he did hit Wentz in the head. And that was probably one of the tackles for the Eagles. I think it was Jason Peters said right after the play, Javion Clowney was like, Hey, man, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to hit your quarterback in the head like that. That was not my intention. And if you look back at the play, the Eagles players weren't like crazy reacting to it. I, they didn't react like, Oh my God, what are you doing? And I'm trying to fight Javion Clowney. So I don't. They didn't pull a Marquise Pouncey 
on them. Yeah, yeah, they, they didn't go crazy. They weren't. A, I think they won a penalty because every time someone hits your quarterback, you want a penalty, and there should have been a right. penalty. But basically, I think what we're all saying is I don't think Clowney was doing dirty, but it did stink that that play that game ended up coming down to watching the backup quarterback for the Eagles, not the starter. Probably yeah. settled but, the whole game right there on that one play. But I shout out to Josh McCown. I mean, he played really well. He yeah. had the Eagles with the chance to win. He did. Um, now moving forward, the that with, since the Vikings won, we don't get the rematch of Seahawks 49ers at least yet. Now the Seahawks will go to Green Bay and play at Lambeau. I I think at the opening line I saw was Green Bay my, uh, minus six and a half, which I guess I get okay. why they're at home. But Russ is dangerous. What what do you guys initial thoughts, yeah. Dad? What do you think about? Seahawks going to you had you had up. mentioned a wildcard team that has the best chance to to make it uh, and I think you said to the Super Bowl maybe in your in your rundown but I think at least next game uh I, I think Minnesota's going to get beat by San Francisco I think uh who's the other wildcard team you got the Texans going uh, to the Texans Chiefs I think the, the Chiefs Titans. are probably going to win uh the Titans the Titans are scary Titans we'll going to Baltimore Titans but they're going to Baltimore yeah so I like Seattle's chances I'm like what you said I guess Russell Wilson you never know DK Metcalf um I think he, DK Metcalf's really good you know He's not did, just a workout warrior did you realize who the other <laughs> receiver was with him last year in college AJ Brown AJ Brown might be the only yeah. rookie receiver better I know, than the him right big old now. boys uh, my God, Ole Miss! Why didn't they? Why weren't they in the championship game? They had two of the best damn receivers. It wasn't for size at receiver. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, but DK Metcalf, I don't think he's a great route runner, but he is a speedster and he is a beast of a of a freakazoid of a man. He's just well, huge. So I I was seeing that the Eagles, as we all know, the Eagles have had tons of injuries, and especially at the wide receiver position, one of the wide receivers is healthy right now is J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who was drafted about 20 picks ahead of D.K. Metcalf. Yeah. So I think if you're looking at it, you go, that's probably a feather in the cap for Pete Carroll and the Seahawks to know the guy that probably turned that game for him was D.K. Metcalf, who the Eagles had a chance to draft and they didn't, and they were drafting that same position. Uh, but to give a little like, – if you're like revisionist history, go, wow, the NFL really dropped the ball letting D.K. Metcalf drop the second round. I don't think he does this at every single team because, like you said, Dad, his route running is not – Great. I think the Seahawks realized here's what, and this is what, if you're learning, any head coaches out there, if, if you're learning from anything, just do what your players do the best. And the and the Seahawks realize what DK Metcalf's good at, and they just use him at that. They don't try to put him in the wrong formations or wrong routes. They just go, he's a really good deep ball threat, and Russell Wilson's a really good deep ball thrower, yep. and it works out all the time. And I, I thought he was great. I did love. LJ, I don't know if you heard this. Uh, they asked Marshawn Lynch. He, Marshawn. Yeah, yes. They asked him basically his scatter board. They were like, are you surprised at how good DK Metcalf is? And, Dad, here's what his response was. He was like, uh, he's big as shit and he's fast and he catches the ball. So, no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what he is. But I think I agree with you, Pops. And I want to ask LJ. I think they are the most dangerous team to make a run out of the wild card teams. Maybe the Texans, and that might be where you go. But I think I would pick – Seattle, just because I still don't think Green Bay is that great out of the teams that got to buy. I think they're probably the the worst out of the teams that got a uh, first round buy. And I like Dan, I, I like uh, Russell. And then I think they could they could potentially beat the Forty ers since they've gotten really close to doing it. What do you think, L? Well, I mean, you're you're one hundred percent right in every single thing you said. But I'm also a Mahomes hater just because of the team that I love. So I'm definitely going to pick the Texans to win their football game um, by no other merit than I just want them to really badly. Um, 
But yeah, no, I, I do think the Seahawks are probably the most dangerous wildcard team. I just feel like the NFC is so stacked that it's going to come down to, um, I mean, it's going to come down to the Seahawks and the 49ers. There's, there's no question about, in my mind, which two teams are going to make it through. I, I like the Vikings and I like the Packers, but not as much as I like those other two teams. The AFC is just kind of a toss in the air. And the Ravens will win, but the other the other people could be anything at this point. Is, I, is kind of my I, opinion on I it. I do want to say I, the Titans really impressed me last week. I'm, well, yeah, but Derrick Henry's not going to get 200 yards on the Ravens. Well, he's only happen. six well, foot three, 247, LJ. That is a beast coming at you again. But the Ravens have a, have a. I don't know. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, and I just think well, I think Vrabel. I do think he's a good coach. He obviously has his team prepared for his little clock runoff thing that he did back to Belichick, which oh, is just perfect. I love it I mean, so. Much. Okay, guys. Well, let's get into it. We we have to touch on. I mean, I guess I'm morphing into the New England thing, but I, the Titans are for real. I think they're going to give. I want to say this. I think they're going to give Baltimore a, a reasonably good game. I I don't know what the line is on this. I want to say it's Baltimore plus nine or minus nine. I think that could be a toss-up game. We'll see. Well, let's get into it. We saved, we saved the best for last, and I know LJ was really just really upset to see Tom Brady and the Patriots go down, to see Belichick outdone in his own game, and I'm going to let you go uh. into that in a second, LJ. And and the Vi- and the pa- Patriots lose. Maybe Tom Brady's done with the Patriots. Maybe Belichick's done with the Patriots. Who knows? But let's get into that game, LJ. What specifically where Vrabel outdoes the master at his own tricks? What were what was your thoughts on that? That explain oh my that God, just, to us. You know what the best part of it was? The best part of it was so so he outdid I, for the context for the for the listeners. I think it's outside of what three minutes or five minutes. I can't five remember minutes. exactly. What outside, outside of five, of five. minutes. So outside of five minutes, uh, a penalty doesn't necessarily stop the clock. But if you have too many, what delay a game penalties, then they can call you for like a. a if it's the same penalty back to back, it's, if it's the same penalty, so if you get two delay games consecutively, then it's unsportsmanlike conduct. Right. But then, but then the Patriots of all teams had a neutral zone infraction <laughs> that like ruined the whole streak. So they actually got to like waste like a good like forty seconds more than they should have. Oh my god, it was so brilliant to watch the the Patriots get out patrioted and uh and Vrabel out out playbook or out rulebook the the Belichick. And uh I, I don't know, I just it brought me so much joy to see that <laughs> well, go the way that it went. Well, and it was so fitting because we and I think we talked about this on the podcast back during the regular season, but fitting uh, Belichick used this same strategy in the fourth yeah. quarter of a game to beat the when they were beating the Jets thirty three to zero. Back in October, and the funny thing is, after you you could see a clip of him while he was doing it. He was almost smiling; like he got joy out of going, "Yeah, yep, yeah. I noticed this loophole, and I'm doing it." And then in the press, in the post game press conference, he even said he was like, "Oh, it's just a loophole in the, the the rule book. They should get it fixed. They probably will get it fixed, but we were able to waste some time." I don't know if anyone even knew about this, but Belichick had to bring it out, and then it gets used against him in the in playoffs. The <laughs> You know what's even better? You know what's even better to me is this was all done by a team that was like the the quarterback in this situation was Brett Mother Kern, the punter for the Titans, who who was on the six and zero Broncos after McDaniel's took over, and then he cut them, and then they lost eight games out of the next ten. So, <laughs> I mean, it like just, Jesus. 
I don't find myself rooting like hard against the Pat- Patriots as much as I used to, but it, there, it was it was very humorous to see Bill Belichick losing his mind on the sideline at a rule that he showed the NFL. <laughs> he showed everyone about this loophole. And, then well, it, and, it, and don't you think he showed that rule uh, at the end of a regular season game that didn't matter just to show how smart he is? Right. And then it comes back and kicks him in the ass in the playoffs. Yeah, if he's really smart and he didn't be you arrogant, wait till the playoffs. You hold on yeah. to that exactly. And the other thing, the other thing is that it like it got ruined by the fact that his team messed up on a penalty, like so the neutral zone infraction. I think what they were going for. I I think Bill Belichick was losing his mind so much that he was so furiated by what was going on. He thought maybe if we go encroachment, it'll stop the clock. And he didn't know the rule book. He Ugh. didn't. He didn't think it out because he was just so mad Ugh. that his own trick was being used against him. It was funny. I will say though, Ugh. I don't know I'm if so it was happy. that. I don't know if it was that smart by my. It worked out, but I don't know if it was that smart because what it did is it ran the clock down to five minutes before they punted. I, in, in real time, I was thinking. Well, this is perfect. The, the Patriots are going to go waste four and a half minutes, go down there and get a touchdown, and the Vikings are going to and the, and the uh, Titans. Titans are going to screw themselves Titans. over. But it didn't work out that way. Julian Edelman has that huge drop on third down, and the Titans win. Dad, you're right. To me, I, I don't think they beat Baltimore, but that that Titans team we talked about it during the regular season a little bit. They're dangerous. Derrick Henry when it's cold is a man among boys out there. You could just tell. When he gets to the second level, nobody wants to tackle him. Nobody do you think they have a real shot? That's true. <laughs> I, I think they do. I, I just, it, you know, anybody, it, does Lamar Jackson continue what he's doing? You know, he's got he's to gotta do it on first and second down. If they can somehow get them in third <sighs> down and longs, I think they've got a chance. And I do think Vrabel obviously had his team prepared. It, and also, just to point out the lack of preparation on the Patriots, which is so out of character, on that punt where they were bringing everybody, right? They had yep. nobody back. They had Julian Edelman about, what, 20 yards off the ball? So he wasn't rushing, and he wasn't receiving the ball, so it went to the one-yard line. I just, I guess. And as LJ mentioned, Brett Kern, yeah. Brett Kern has been a good punter all year and in these playoffs. I, they probably should have been worried should that he Bronco. might down down inside the five. I, yeah, The Patriots yeah. just got outdone. They, they got, got outcoached, mm-hmm. outplayed, outdone on third down. I mean – and it was interesting to see him go down like that. So I, I you mentioned uh, uh, Derrick Henry, and I did want to. Did you see what got was started making the rounds on on social media? It was Derrick Henry's uh, senior season high school stats. Did y'all see this? I saw like oh, a, God, no. a film of him running in high school, and he looked- here here was his here was his <laughs> total was his yearly totals from high school in his senior season: four hundred and sixty carries. 4,200 yards. He averaged nine yards a carry for 55 (laughs) touchdowns in a season. Nine yards a carry and 55 teed. Oh, my God. I think he was about the same size in high school, LJ. It looked like it. Jeez, he looked huge. Listen to some of these games. Uh, He had one game where he went for 45 carries, 500 yards, and six touchdowns. He had a game where he had 35 carries for 360 yards and six touchdowns. Another carry had 57 carries for 480 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, the Titans might Jesus. need to go back to the high school playbook and just go, we're going to hand the ball to him 57 times and just see wow. what happens. Wow. Where did he play football? Or where did he go to high school? Like what state? Oh, I can't, I can't remember. I, I don't know for sure. I'll look. I'll look. Hey, while, I'll you're look. Looking, while you're looking, another little fun fact. So the uh, Patriots didn't have a wide receiver, really, to do anything with. The one they had, Julian Edelman, dropped that ball. So when they took Nikhil 
I think I'm saying his right name right. Nikhil, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. You know who was available? Debo well, Samuel. Was. Debo Samuel. Ooh. Debo Samuel, who's a badass. AJ Brown, who's a badass. And DK Metcalf, who I think is going to be a badass. And they took Nikhil yep. Harry. I just, I, I, you. And they also <laughs> traded for Muhammad Sanu instead of Emmanuel Sanders, who we see which one looks better for their new team. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. So. Uh, let's talk Florida, by the way, he was a Florida went to Florida. Florida. Well, he he definitely was a baller. So this is what everyone's talking about. And as of we're recording this, Tom Brady actually put out an Instagram post where he insinuated that he is not done and he will be back in a (sighs) arena next year. What, what do you think? Is Tom Brady a Patriot next year? Who you asking? Yes. Um, well, just to give the, the little bit of his, he, he worked it out to where his contract ends. It voids at the end of this off at the end of this, uh, uh, regular se- or at the end of this season, and so moving forward, he has he will be a free agent, much like uh, Peyton Manning was when he before he went to the Broncos. They can't tag him and they can't sign him, so or they can't he, he's not retained, so he can go wherever sure he would like to tag if him, he right? Wants to if they really no, they cannot to. tag him. The way he's worked it I'm out, they have tagged him too many times, and he he will not be tagged, and they will have to sign him to a new deal if they want to bring him back. Wow. So my question to you, pops, Tom Brady. It looks like he'll probably be back. Do you think he's back, and do you think he's back in a Patriots uniform next year? That's a tough question, and I, I guess I would say I think so. It depends if, if Belichick's back. I mean, and I think if Belichick's probably going to come back, then they then they go out together. I think they probably all both got the same number of years left, maybe one, maybe two. Uh, so they either go out together or if, if Belichick leaves, he – he might. He's got this thing about playing until he's 45. I think he's plays with the Patriots. Long, long story short, now. I think he plays with the Patriots next year. LJ, what do you think? I saw you rolling your eyes. I can't imagine how he would not be with the Patriots. I mean, like what? Like we're expecting like Kraft's going to fire Belichick? Like under under what situation would that be possible? If that's not Belichick's going to retire? I don't see that's happening either. So I think like the situation is Belichick's there. What What would Brady have any reason to leave for unless he hates Belichick? And wants to prove unless himself, they're really yeah unless there really is that rift between him and Belichick where both of them ego wise want to say I'm the reason yeah and and if that's the reason then yeah maybe he goes to Pittsburgh and and I cry for a lot of reasons but um, Denver I, I just don't see it happen I think he's a Patriot for the rest of his life and he will go down in the Boston Sports Hall of Fame as long as well as the NFL Hall of Fame. And uh, and that's where Tom Brady's going to be. I mean, I think I think what Tom Brady's doing here. I'm with you, LJ and Pops. Uh, one, Belichick's not going out by getting outdone by his people. I don't think he th- that won't be his final game. So he's coming back, I think. And Tom Brady's not going to go out as throwing a throwing pick a pick six, six. <laughs> yeah. in his final throw <laughs> and losing in the wild card round. I think this is just Tom Brady going. I think he realized. They're kind of taking him for granted a little bit, going, we don't have to have the skill position around Tom Brady. He'll just make up for it. And this is just him putting pressure, like LeBron did when he was at Cleveland, when he signed the one-year deals. This is him just putting pressure on the Patriots saying, hey, look, go get me some talent or I will leave. I don't think he really don't wants just, to leave. Don't just give me a defense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't, does he way, really want to go to San Diego Chargers and play in front of a half-empty stadium? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. And and to that your point, fun, though. to your point, Kevin – I looked for the first eight games, they averaged 31.3 points per game. The last eight games, they they averaged 22.4 points per game. And I think what the difference was is they at least had a Josh Gordon, a, maybe a hint of an Antonio Brown. They had at yeah. least the hint of a deep threat. They had nothing to stretch the defense out, none. Yep. I mean, Sanu got hurt. 
they just had no they had no Gronkowski, they had no skill position players to help Brady out this year. Well, and you look at what they did in the offseason. They didn't really go sign anybody. They I mean they I guess they tried. They went and got Gordon and Antonio Brown, and that's why I think if you remember why Tom Brady was kind of like really pumped about the Antonio Brown and was trying, let him stay at his house, was, right? Yeah, because I think Tom Brady realized we don't have like I love Edelman, but we don't have a threat on the outside, and they need something. So I think this is just him applying pressure to Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft's not letting his he loves Tom Brady. He's not letting Tom Brady go play for another jersey. No. There's no way. Yeah. The only question is whether Tom Kraft's uh, uh, legal troubles. Uh, well. Yeah. As long as he as, but. as long as he stays out of Florida and stays out of the uh, the massage there, the massage parlors, I think he'll <laughs> out be of the strip right. malls in Jacksonville, you know he'll be okay. But <laughs> and it looks like if Tom Brady wants to stay, it looks like his offense quarter may stick around because a lot of the vacancies are getting filled in the NFL. Let's go over to the head coaching news before we we get out of here or we get off the NFL news. Um, we got Matt Rule signed to the Panthers. The Giants uh, got Patriots special teams coordinator and wide receiver coach Joe Judge. <laughs> never before didn't been realize, a head coach, Joe Judge. Never. never didn't realize that was a human being yeah. until he was signed as the head coach of the Giants. <laughs> Ron Rivera to the Redskins and Dallas signs Mike McCarthy. Of course, we're gonna have to we have to touch on the Dallas news. Pops, what are your thoughts on Mike McCarthy to the Cowboys? Here are my thoughts. Have you either of you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I have not seen it. No. Okay. Well, Sorry. then I don't know if this will fall on Spoiler deaf ears. Alert or no? I, I won't spoil it or anything. Okay. Here, I watched the movie and I kind of thought, what the hell did I just see? And the more I thought about it and the more I talked to Tammy about it and the more I read about it, the more I liked it. And so. Ugh, sounds like a Dallas fan. Mike McCarthy, I do, he came out of left field. I wasn't expecting him at all. I was not excited about the college coaches at all. I wanted a coach with professional experience. I do think McCarthy is somewhat of a disciplinarian. The more I think about it, like the more I think about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I, I like the hire. I really think I like the hire. LJ, as he was Can saying say, that, you know, all I could picture, all I could picture real quick was Pops after they hired McCarthy, him like sitting down at the dinner table with Tammy and her just rolling his eyes because like, well, you know, McCarthy wasn't bad when they won the Super Bowl. And Tammy's like, I don't care. But LJ, what were you going to say? I mean, say? I just, well, I was just going to say, I think like, so what, two years ago, I was hearing about how McCarthy was holding Aaron Rodgers back and how he was not a good coach. And then literally the day he got hired by the Cowboys, I started reading reports about how, well, if you're going to blame McCarthy for the bad, you got to blame him for the good of Aaron Rodgers too. Like all like literally the second he walks in the door at Jerry Jones's freaking house, he is a great coach. Like it's the freaking (laughs) Cowboys bias is real. There's no doubt about it. I like the Cowboys. I do. But Jesus Christ, the Cowboys fans can manipulate any story into being good about them. Jesus. <laughs> well, I mean, I think he was a good coach. Well, they could have got Joe Judge. We, did, did you say that two years? We'll have to go back. Did you no, say that two years ago I think I did. Fired? I know we talked about uh, Aaron Rodgers cannot be the easiest guy to play to coach. I mean, we, well, we I, yeah, we did say that. I we remember talking about that. Yeah. So I do think he had some issues. Now, is he like Mike Tomlin with Antonio Brown and, and Roethlisberger? I don't know if it's that kind of difficulty, <laughs> but I'm just saying I think he had some difficulty trying to coach Aaron Rodgers, and I think Dak Prescott does not have that same kind of attitude. I I think he'll be a good coach. I'm I'm happy with the hire. I don't know who else LJ. I would have been happier with. Not Urban Meyer. Not Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley looked horrible in that game in the NCAA. Championship game or the the yeah. quarterfinals, he 
They looked that might be more of an LSU thing than a well. It, thing, it probably but. was, but it <laughs> it didn't look like he had any answers to anything. And you're right, LSU probably was the main reason for that. <laughs> um, LJ, I get your point totally. I believe if you went back and listened to the tapes, I think you'll hear me ripping Mike McCarthy for wasting Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but and you're right, I have spun this around because I just don't want to be depressed about the Cowboys any longer. And I am worried. I did see. A, to, it wasn't all fans loving Mark Mike McCarthy. It did look like at first I was like, did we just hire a little bit bigger version of Jason Garrett? Is that all? Is that what we just did? But <laughs> but let me pull out some numbers to you. Sean Payton, here's his record: one third overall, one hundred thirty-one and seventy-seven, a six hundred thirty-one percentage, six division titles, eight and seven in the playoffs, three NFC title games, one ring. Mike Tomlin. 133 and 73 and 1, a 645 win percentage, six division titles, also eight and seven in the playoffs, three AFC title game appearances, and one ring. Mike McCarthy, 125 and 77 and 2, a 618 win percentage, six division titles, 10 and 8 in the playoffs, four title game, uh, NFC title game appearances, one ring. And then if you look at the most playoff wins by any NFL coach since 2006, Mike, Bill Belichick has 20. Mike McCarthy has 10, Harbaugh has 10, tied for second. The numbers make it seem like Mike McCarthy may be a good coach. I'm with you. I kind of thought it was a bad hire at first, but maybe we were a little wrong on him. Who else would you have rather had? I mean, I, good question. I, I'm excited about Rule, McDaniels? to be honest with you. I, I like the idea of the Giants not getting to even talk to Rule, which is kind of uh, hilarious. Um, but but I'm, I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily have an answer for you. I just... It, it is interesting to me that he goes from being a decent or shitty coach to being a great coach, literally just by signing his name in Dallas somewhere. So Yeah, I think maybe one of the other names that was thought about for Dallas was Josh McDaniels. I'm interested. McDaniels hasn't really – he's interviewed for a lot and hasn't got hired, as we mentioned, like we all these staffs that have been made up and no one's getting McDaniels. And actually someone took a different – Patriots assistant coach. I'm wondering yeah, if the stink the on McDaniels is McDaniels, yeah. I think the stink's still there on McDaniels from what he did to the Colts. And yep. I don't know if he can get a good staff around him because he screwed people over who left their job to go coach with him at Indianapolis. And then he was like, Oh, never mind, I'm not going. And now these guys have well, to go Well, it's back not even office. just the Colts, it's that he did a terrible job in Denver. Like if he would have done a great job in Denver, then I think people might be talking about like, oh, well, that Colts thing was just like a uh, a thing that happened and we'll move past it. I mean, as coaches get, they get like two or three freebies, but like, you know, I, it, he's used up all his freebies. And, and I yeah. think that he's going to have to seriously, he's going to take, he's going to take a Cleveland job in seven, eight years or something because they're still going to be awful. And, uh, and he's going to have to prove himself there before he gets another job. That's just my opinion on McDaniels is I, I did want to, I, I did want to ask y'all before we move on from coaching news, Jason Garrett and the way that the Cowboys handled that. That was is that not the weirdest thing you've ever seen, Dad? Where he wasn't fired, but he was fired. Like everyone knew he was fired, but he wasn't officially fired the whole time. Well, what I read somewhere that they had like three different meetings and they wanted I think Jerry Jones likes Jason Garrett. I really think he has an affinity yeah, for him. As a person, yeah. As a person, as a it's human like being. It's like if you had to fire me as a coach, like it would be really tough to do. It, and I It'd think be a problem that, to deal with. I think Jerry Jones was trying to find a place for him with the Cowboys. And from what I could kind of gather, uh, Jason Garrett said, the only place I want to be is head coach. And, and that's yeah. why they kept me because Jerry Jones was going, uh, you can't be that. That's the one thing you can't be. <laughs> yeah. And, 
And so that's why it when it's like so many it's meetings. hard to give him Kellen Moore's job. So he's a positional coach at that, you know, like he's a QB coach. And then yeah. how do you put him down as a QB coach? And like, how's he going to interact with the new head coach? Who's like, I, it just wouldn't work. I think yeah. y'all right. I think he's just didn't want to fire. He'd have had to been like an assistant GM did. or something. He couldn't have been. Yeah, he'd have had to move to some position like that. But I don't. I, I'm glad he's not the head coach of the Cowboys anymore. And I'm. Excited. You know, it was funny. I saw someone make the reference. It's like you know, it's like the Cowboys were in a relationship with Jason Garrett, and he's that he's that 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 girlfriend or boyfriend who's like. He's not bad. You know, he's not going to, he's not ugly, but he's not that attractive either. He's not going to cheat on you. He's going to be loyal, yeah. but there's probably better out there, but he's, at least he won't cheat <laughs> on you, you know? And then it just felt the whole situation to me felt like a Seinfeld episode or something. It felt like George Costanza where Jason Gear just wasn't leaving. They didn't, they didn't make the, they didn't deactivate his key card and he just kept showing up. And thought if I just keep coming, well, eventually they'll let me stick around. And finally, Jason, could uh, you imagine Jerry had to fire him? Barely. We barely missed out on the most interesting storyline in the history of the NFL because if Which they is, had made their way, if they had backed into the playoffs and then they had won this week, then we'd be sitting here talking about his contract expires on what the 14th. <laughs> What's going to happen if they win this week? Yeah. Do they keep Jason Garrett to continue coaching in the playoffs or do they just go no coach for the rest of the playoffs? Like what's the deal here? We're going no coach. <laughs> yeah. We'll just no coach it. We'll just no coach it for the AFC or for the NFC title game. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Jones thinks he can Could do you it anyway. The storyline. So. Yeah. Would actually, yeah. actually pops Jerry is Jones right. Stepped in to be that coach. Jerry would say, give me that damn headset. I'll coach this team. <laughs> we could have missed the best storyline in the NFL by by the Cowboys not making the playoffs. I'm just, God, I just can't imagine well, what the storylines would have been. Well, we'll see if the Browns ever get a staff, and then we get to look forward to a really fun uh, divisional round. Once again, I do want to shout out real quick, if you're looking to – to cash in on the divisional round, make a little money, just head over to my bookie, put in the promo code Spend SHARE. Some money. They will double your first deposit. You can go put a parlay on all four teams, three of the teams, two. It doesn't matter. Go win you some money over at my bookie. Just put in the promo code SHARE. Kev, they will you double to put your a parlay first down, deposit. Who would you put a parlay on all four teams? Pick all games right now. Mm. What I would probably do is I would probably have the Seahawks with the spread because I think as the last I checked it was six and a half. I think they keep it close or, if they don't win it. Take it. I'm with you. Um, Baltimore money line to beat the Titans. And yeah. then probably the same thing with I'd probably take San Francisco money line to beat Minnesota. So two favorites and then yeah. take an underdog probably is what I would do. Yeah. I but, agree with that 100%. Now that's so probably going to be wrong. Swear, They'll probably be wrong. You know I do. wouldn't do it. but. <laughs> 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 um, moving on from NFL news, did you guys see some of the? And we're, we don't do a lot of baseball, so we won't do a lot on this. But the MLB is trying to do some uh, new ideas to stop teams from stealing signs after this whole Astros scandal. Yeah. Did y'all guys see some of the yeah. things they're thinking about using? So, so let let me just try to throw them out there, and you tell me if I'm wrong. They want to okay. put lights somewhere that only a pitcher can see, which I don't know uh-huh. where that is in the stadium. That doesn't make any. So I'm thinking it's somewhere on the it's somewhere on the mound where it's like there's stuff over it where only the 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 pitcher can look down and see it. No one else can see it. So the pitcher's like we're looking at we're looking at the pitcher. He's looking down, watching lights. Just do 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 do. And the, like and the way the lights, yeah, and the way the lights work of a third kind catcher. over here. Yeah, and the way the <laughs> lights work is the catcher gives a signal instead of giving a hand signal, he like punches something in, and that gives the the light the the pitcher like Morris code or something for. <laughs> So yeah, that's S- one of them, LJ. O- 
S. Okay. And then the other one, uh, let's see, what was the other one? The other one was, uh, uh, I don't know. All I could think is why can't the pitcher send the signals to the catcher? That's all I could think while I was reading this freaking article. Well, LJ, one of the other devices is a wearable random number generator similar to a push password used for a secure what? login. Yeah, but I don't even know how is that going to work. I mean, what? I don't it even corresponds know. to which sign in a sequence is relevant. This would pre- preserve the existing dynamic of a catcher putting down a sign for interpretation by the pitcher, but overlay it with a level of secure encryption right. so that idea, would be impossible here's the to decode. Idea. It's like he's got this RNG number generator like around his neck like he's a Keed Tlaib or, so, or no, uh, Michael Crabtree. <laughs> Or some shit, and uh, and he's looking at it. The pitcher's looking at it, and he says, "Oh, it's an odd number. Let me look at the third sign the catcher throws out there instead of the sixth sign." Like it's that's yeah. stupid. That's garbage. That I got an idea. idea. I got an idea. Just keep doing the same signals and quit damn cheating. I mean, <laughs> I watched some of that video. It was so obvious. Every changeup, bang bang. Every freaking one. <laughs> I mean, how did they not uncover this until, you know, recently? I, I guess the articles were in right. 17, so they uncovered it in 17. Well, <laughs> the Astros were cheating. They were just cheating. What, That's what happened? Well, cheating. And why aren't the other pitchers smart enough to know, like, let's change up the freaking signal? Why isn't there a signal that says, I'm taking the third signal you give me? Why isn't there a signal for that? Like, <laughs> are they that dumb that they can only take the first one given to them and then they just throw it the glove with that pitch? Like, pitchers can't be that dumb. Right. What what I think happened here is so the baseball or the the, the higher ups in baseball realized okay there people are cheating we need to figure out a way to, to curb the cheating and then someone really someone came in I, they might have even been joking some young guy came with a powerpoint and were like hey here's what we're gonna do and they had this whole presentation well, about all these fancy new ways to to curb cheating with here's their, what the with lock their light means system. in your browser totally yeah. I get it I with get their it. light system their wearable VPN. Uh, device that has an encryption. Why not put like a little like cell phone in their back pocket, and when they feel three vibrates, it's listen to the third signal or <laughs> you know whatever. But like, but the deal is, is it doesn't have to be that freaking complicated, guys. Well, I think the reason the the, the reason the MLB is even considering this is because I think like the commissioner was like, I don't understand what the hell they're talking about, but it sounds smart. It sounds like a good idea, so let's just yeah. roll with it. I, I think it's hilarious. I think that baseball has gotten a little too smart from themselves. They need to take a step back and go, hey, there's probably a simpler way we can do this. And maybe, like yeah, that, there is. maybe when you hear three loud bangs every time someone puts down this certain <laughs> sign, maybe they're cheating. Let's catch them in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of technology, uh, this week the Consumer Electronics Show has been going on in Las Vegas. And this is uh, also known as the CES, which is where a bunch of these companies – Will throw out like these new these new uh, technology stuff where they're trying to that maybe it's not really what consumers can buy now, but what consumers can maybe buy in the next five years or it's kind of the future. I wanted to throw yeah. to you guys first, and then I have some notes on some other things. Did, did you watch any of it or catch any of this and see any weird inventions that caught your eye, pops? Oh, I, I just saw the sixty thousand dollar TV that rolls out of a small box, so it's obviously a flexible screen that comes up and goes rigid. By and small box, you're not meaning like it comes out of like the entertainment center or what do, what do you mean? It would come out of a rectangular type box that would be the width well, of, we're a, talking of like, a big it's like TV. Two inches tall, yeah. but like 60 inches wide. Yeah, or yeah, it's like 60 inches wide, but it's probably, okay. no, it was more like five inches tall. So perhaps, it rolls up similar to like the old projectors come down. Like yeah, yeah. Rolls yeah. So it's in okay, there yeah, and the it must be, of a it just rolls yeah. up. I, I know the viewers can't see how I did that, how, but... <laughs> But it was it was amazing. <laughs> it, it was really cool. But they they are projecting a price of sixty thousand dollars as we talked. I'm sure that'll come down in due time. But that's 
It's a lot of money for a TV. I'll just it's a lot for now, but Ryan Reynolds might buy three or four. So but, I mean, yeah, there are some okay. people. Yeah, they sure are. Um, some of the other I- Charmin introduced a few ideas that were really catching some eyes at the CES. One of them was a robot that connects via Bluetooth to your phone. And if you ever, because most people take their phone in the restroom now, like I, I've, I've heard Pop say that I'm going to check Facebook type of thing. So, <laughs> so a lot of people have their phone with them in the, in the restroom. And if you ever, if you've ever been in the restroom when you run out of toilet paper and there's none around, Pops doesn't have this problem because he has like a million yeah. rolls of toilet paper at all times. There's time definitely going to be there's some things you learn with time paper. and age and wisdom, boys. You just don't run out of toilet paper. <laughs> well, if you were to run out of toilet paper, Charmin's introducing this robot that all you do is you go on your phone and you click a button that says you're out. And this robot will come to your bathroom and hand you some TP, which is just crazy. Hey, they, hey, I got an idea. Just have plenty of toilet paper. That'd be a lot cheaper than a robot, for God's this sake. Is, this is like baseball. We I think that, we're outsmarting wait, ourselves. Although, Let's just have plenty of toilet paper. So it can hold a cylinder of something, right? This might be the perfect beer bot. It might be the perfect beer bot. <laughs> it can double as your beer bot and toilet paper bot. Sometimes those things. Um, other, things other things Charmin introduced was something called SmellSense, which is an app on your phone that tells you if it is safe to enter the bathroom, i.e. if someone just recently lit that bad boy up and you don't want to go in there. So <laughs> well, you can like, what do you do, Kevin? Do you stick your phone in there just through the door and, you know. So I'm no, I'm there's just, a sensor sitting in the bathroom 24-7. Yeah, there's a sensor you an alert in there. saying, There's a stench. It says, you say oh. Like, <laughs> yeah. I need to take, a, I need to take a, a number one. Should I go into the bathroom? And it says, eh, give it a minute. Just give it a good minute. <laughs> Which could come handy. I mean, really? Can't you just like, I don't know, if, if, you, if you hear the fan running in the bathroom, you may give it a second. Give That's kind of the way I breathe. usually play yeah, it. Just. Yeah, but how long has the fan been running, right? How long has the fan been running? That's what the Charmin app's going to solve for you. The is last it one that Charmin, or is it two? <laughs> the last one Charmin introduced was what they called the VIP, P-E-E, Porta, porta potty, which is a luxurious porta potty that has surround sound. It has a v, uh, one of those... Uh, what do you call those virtual little glasses, LJ, that you can put on? Like That's, VR glasses? Like, VR yeah, the VR, virtual reality. Yeah, the VR goggles you can put on, and it has like lights in it. So it's real fancy. I don't know why you would ever need this fancy of a porta potty. Usually I'm just trying to get in and get out of the I, bathroom. I'm not trying to watch a movie. I don't know. Man, you put you put a fridge in there. I might not leave. That sounds great. <laughs> I was going to say, I might just start living in the bathroom. Good God. Oh, Lord. Tate going to be like, put a microwave on top of the main Hannah's going to be like, like LJ's been in the bathroom for three and a half hours. I don't know what he's doing. LJ's going to be watching a video. She's going to say three and a half days if that comes to be a like a common thing. (laughs) And then speaking of robots, we mentioned robots. The last one I have, uh, Sam, well, actually, two. Samsung introduced two things. They introduced the new, their vision of the futuristic home robot, which is a little ball that is, they, they actually, I was reading the CNN article. They compared it to a it was a yellow tennis ball like ball. I, first off, I'm not yellow. sure a tennis ball. Yeah, I'm not sure what color tennis ball is seen in. Let's hold yellow. on. Yellow. It's chartreuse. Yellow. I know exactly. It's chartreuse. <laughs> but it's yellow chartreuse. <laughs> the ball, which is named Bali, is similar to if you're a Star Wars fan. It's kind of like BB-8. It's a it's it, a robot yeah. ball that communicates via sounds, and it also the way they have it worked is it would use artificial intelligence to communicate with the rest of your home. And so you could tell the ball, you know, when you would like to wake up. And if you'd like to wake up at 6.15, it rolls into your room and then like opens up the blinds and plays like some light music to kind of wake you up. It could also, it says, keep your comp- your pet's company when you're gone 
while also letting you look at your pet. So you could always tap into it and look at your dog and make sure they're not tearing something up. It also says the ball would be able to, if your pet knocks down something that makes a mess, it would be able to tell your little Roomba, hey, it's time to start up. Let's clean up this mess so you don't come home to a big mess by your dog. The only thing I have a concern about, we already have enough issue with privacy right now with social media and Facebook and all these other things. Do you really want a camera that's constantly rolling around in your home watching you at all times? Nope. Nope. I don't know. Nope. I don't know. This sounds like the bad start to uh, iRobot or something to me. I'm in. I mean, I will be the the reason Will Smith has to come save us. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing, see, uh, Samsung introduced was uh, a TV that was not like uh, the one you mentioned, Pops, but it's a TV that's like your normal TV, except for it will also rotate vertically, which the reason they did this is oh. for, it's for, it's trying to hit a younger generation, I think, of people that watch like Vine Freaking videos or Snapchat TikTok. Videos. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so not it show those. Yeah, not Vine, more TikTok. You're and so like old that. right now. And Instagram videos. <laughs> so it could roll up and it would show those f- videos that are taken on a phone easier than, say, a, a long camera could. So That's I- actually a great idea. It, the I, I do get annoyed when I only have devices that can play widescreen videos when there's the, I guess, long screen videos worth watching. So oh, it's rare that those are worth watching, though, so. So some interesting things being rolled out at CES, and like LJ, I think you mentioned this before we got on the on the pod. A lot of this they're introducing, and like you said, that TV sixty thousand dollars. It's kind of just saying, here's the future, here's what we're working on, here's what we're developing. This could be right. available for a decent price eventually. But it seems like the hit was robots. They were all over robots at the CES. So we'll see what happens. Um, before we get out, before we hit what we're listening to, I did want to mention. Did you guys see what the uh, Finland, the new Finland prime minister is trying to introduce over there about work weeks. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Finland. Yeah. Everybody loves a good three day weekend and that could become the norm in Finland. The country's new prime minister is proposing a new four day work week with six hour work days. 34 year old Santa Marin is in the, is the second youngest head of government in the world. And she says her argument for these four day, six hour work days would it would allow employees to be more happy because they could spend more time with their family while also being more productive on the job. She th- believes that they would get the same amount of work done while working, but also be happier and boost morale when they're in the office. And I, I'll be honest, I'd be a happier person if I worked four days a week, if I got three-day work three-day weekends every year, every week. What do you guys think? Well, and and I will say, Kev, you and I work different than the average person. Dad, too. Actually, we work different than the average person's job where – You've got like four people that basically do the same thing you do. Um, we're we're generally within a crew of like we're basically required to show up a certain number of days or else the company doesn't do a thing. Right. But for the average person, I think that that is like that's a really special idea because I feel like at least let's talk about the six hour workday first. Is that like how many days do you feel like you have to work eight hours? I feel like you should get paid for the day regardless of the number of hours you work at almost any job as long as you get the amount of work done that you were asked to get done. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. And so I think that generally in my experience, the amount of work I've been asked to get done, I can get done in six hours. Like that's not even a quite – I could usually get it done in four hours generally. But um, but I'll be happy to do it in six hours. And then – uh, if I didn't work in a position where I have to show up for, you know, a week straight to get ready for an audience to show up, then yeah, I mean, a, a four day work day or four week or four day work week 
will allow me to enjoy my time off and then come back to work ready to freaking go um, and get my work done so I can, I don't know. I, I just think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea. I'd you know, love to see how it works. We'll find out in three, four, five years, but we'll find out. Well, interestingly, I think idea. what the, the thought process is like on an eight-hour workday, the, the average worker is probably spending an hour maybe reading articles or checking your fantasy team or doing this, and maybe the six-hour work day would say, I'll just work my butt off for six hours because I know I'll get off earlier if I just work hard. Instead well, you know of the where other the eight-hour workday actually comes from. I can tell you where the eight-hour workday comes from. Okay. Tell us. So Henry Ford decided instead of working people for 12 hours, he was going to work people for eight. So it really comes from let's just try to keep hammering down the number of hours that we're asking people to come in so they have a better home life. And so the number of hours that we're asked to work on a regular nine to five day, like most people work, comes from us trying to bring it down from 12 to 10 to eight. So uh, I mean, part of me does six is viable makes sense. Part of me does wonder, do we just do five-day work weeks and eight-hour days because that's what we've always done? I mean, do we just do it? it Maybe it not be the best is. thing we yeah, do it because it of it. Is. What do you think, Pops? Do people actually stop wasting time checking their fantasy lineup, or now you're just going to waste two of the six hours that you're doing? Like, do you think there's actually any way this could work? You know, I think it's it called— sounds great. I, it sounds great, but I think it's called retirement is kind of what that is. is you, <laughs> yeah. you know, you go spend a couple of days at work or 24 hours. That's 60% of 40 hours. So you work a couple of days and you're off the other days. That's what that is. I mean, I'd love for it to work, yes. And I think that you're right, LJ. It was It's arbitrarily set. It was arbitrarily set at 12 hours a day or whatever at first, maybe 14. And then Henry Ford, I guess I'd take your word for it, moved it down to eight. Why not? Why not six? Um, but I think when you go six and only four days a week, 24 hours a day, uh, 24 hours a week instead of 40, that's 60%. I think most employers are going to say, well, how about I just pay you 60% of your pay? Yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I think that's what's going to happen too. So I, uh, interestingly, interesting to watch. It'll see what happens. Sweden actually tried the six-hour workdays five years ago. Their results show that employees were happier and more productive while working. And then to go even further, Microsoft Japan just last November was looking to improve work-life balance by introducing a three-day weekend and four-day work weeks. They still did eight-hour days but they did the three-day work week. And they sh- their results showed that productivity in the office went up by 40% or more eager to get in there and get, get shit done, basically. Yeah. Because they're like, I'm just going to I actually, I mean, I'm all about like, let's just say you've got an amount of work to get done a week. And then if you get it done, you get it done. And if you don't, you don't, you know? Yeah. And then I'm just, I'm a big out. proponent of, regardless of whether it's work or whatever we're doing, if you're just doing something because it's the way we've always done, like, like if we're recording this podcast, why would we just keep doing it one way if we think there might be a better way to do it? We, why not try it out? Why do it the same way you've always done it? just because that's what you've always done? That's why we make fun of these NFL teams for running the same offense. We're, we credit the Ravens for trying a new style offense because it could work. But then, so why not? I just think in general, if you're doing something just because it's the way you've always done it, probably the wrong way to do things. I mean, try oh, these things out. Probably a better way to do it. Yeah. yeah. You might fall on your face and maybe you realize, okay, maybe for dad might be right. Maybe you realize, oh, wow, actually we do use those hours and I want my employees working those. But if you never try it out, you never know. So interesting nonetheless. Uh, speaking of work, recently I was listening to a new artist at work and that gets us into what we're listening to. There's, you might, you guys may have heard it. She's not that, I mean, she's kind of new, but she busted on the scene. Actually, when I did more research, she busted on the scene like in 2017, I think. But Maggie Rogers, have you ever heard of her, L? No. She has a, I found her on Tiny Desk Concert. And then the more research I did, she actually like, she had a song called Alaska that was, came out 
probably, I think, I think I'm, as I mentioned, 2017. And then P Diddy noticed her. Pharrell noticed her. And then he tweeted it out. And, and then she kind of blew up after that. She's not huge, but she's getting bigger. And I just go check out her what listen to. It reminded me a little pops. I don't know about Nora Jones, but just a little bit as where her voice is just awesome. She plays the guitar, has a good little band behind her. I mean, she's just really cool. Mm. And that, so that's my what we're listening to this week is Maggie Rogers. I was pretty impressed. All right. All right. Um, All right. What about you, Pops? You got anybody this week? Well, I, you know, I'm going to have to go ahead and tell you, I, I watched America's Got Talent last night, or was it the night okay. before? And there was a young girl on there that sang uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, my God. I can't even think of her name. I'll find out. Is that but, just a really long song? or? She just did it. She did it. It is a very long song, yes. Inside joke. <laughs> Inside joke, yes. But you need to hear it. You need to hear. I mean, she starts out with no instruments. Just it, it's amazing. It was one of the most amazing performances I've ever seen ever. And I wished I could. I knew the girl's name. I could see what she's wearing. Um, Angelina Jordan. Oh my God! Put, please put that Jordan. in our we'll, show we'll put notes. The YouTube if we can. Video. We'll put the YouTube video in. It was an amazing, amazing performance. Shoot, that might be the next big name, huh? We might be hearing a little more about Angelina Jordan, huh? Oh, wow, she's something else. All right, Em, what do you got? Well, speaking of names you've heard before, uh, Wolfpack just had an album drop of them live at Madison Square Garden. I checked it out after your... God. Oh, it's good. Uh, Back Pocket, in particular, they decide to teach the audience how to do a three-part harmony and then do the song acapella for about a minute and a half, and it's just incredible. Uh, so Wolfpack at Madison Square Garden's my what I'm listening to this cool. week. No doubt. I did. Dad, I checked it out because LJ and Hannah, I was texting them. I think I might have just been texting you guys because y'all were just got home from, y'all just got back to Chicago, and so y'all probably listened to it on the road trip. But when it, either LJ or Hannah was like, hey, we just got done listening to this. Check it out. You'll like it. So I listened to it the next day. It really reminded me, not of OAR in the sense of how it sounds, but just like an awesome, awesome album. It's one long, they're just playing, they keep changing songs. It's just it was so cool. Well, and it's one of those like OAR and like Dave Matthews, where it's like if you're an audience member at that concert, you're just you're loving every second of it. Like it's mm. one of those one of those shows where literally every time they start playing a bass line, you just you freak out. You know, it's just one of those moments. Oh, I can't and wait I felt to hear like it. it was a solid hour and twenty minutes of just jamming. They were just they were just grooving yeah. and jamming and it seemed cool. So definitely check that live at Madison Square Garden Volpeck. LJ turned me on and that thing was awesome. Will do. Can't wait. All right. Well, I think that about wraps us up. Before can we I, hit, before yeah, we wrap up? up, can I throw out some of my favorite sports stories of the decade? And you guys don't oh. have to. Yes, yes. I, we, we're wrapping up the decade. Which actually, I saw and seen an article, LJ, that technically the decade doesn't end till December thirty first, twenty twenty. Wrong, but wrong, wrong, <laughs> absolutely wrong. Decades are not decided by the fact that there was no year zero. That's irrelevant <laughs> okay all right let's let's throw i didn't realize right i was now. gonna get lj so, fired up dad i didn't realize i just threw lighter mc hammers can't touch this came out in 1990 is that a 90s song or an 80s song well it depends how you look at it but it's a 90s <laughs> no song. It's no a 90s song. answer my question is it a 90s song or an 80s song in my opinion it'd be a 90s song all right so then so the new decade started like eight days ago or whatever what 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 date is it yeah eight, eight days, days ago all eight right days ago yeah last week <laughs> So okay. so you're wrong and and I'll continue to enjoy that. But so, some of my favorite uh Yeah, so a new ahead. decade, we yeah. got decade over with. Let's let's jump back to last decade a little bit. What were you gonna say? Your favorite sports moment or team? What were you gonna say? Well, I've got three sports stories that I think are worth bringing up for 
the last decade just to okay. remind people of what happened. So one is Antonio Brown's story will never be topped. Like that is probably the best story of any decade ever. This just the whole just thing. Damn journey we've taken in the last like year or so is just incredible. But if we ignore that, the best stories I can think of for me personally are, uh, do you guys know the story of Billy Vegas? Nope. No. Okay. So, uh, you guys have heard of a guy named Johnny football, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, um, I, the, the intro, so the start of the story is a homeless person telling a Browns GM to draft Johnny football, which is already like absurd. But then when he decides he doesn't, he's injured and he doesn't need to be at a game. He decides to go to Vegas and, uh, and realizing that people are going to recognize him. He, he changes his name. He tells people he gets a blonde wig. I think is it, it is. And tells people that his name is Billy Vegas as so as to not alert the media that Johnny football is in Vegas partying it up. And uh, and he ends up missing the entire football game with probably 100 missed calls. And I just think that's a brilliant yep. story of Billy that Vegas. one was a fun story. I, I didn't I forgot that was the, the, the name, the alias he used. But yeah, yeah. Right. Johnny it's football better than Ron Johnny football going to Vegas under an alias. Why he's hurt. So he doesn't have to be in Cleveland is an all timer. It's brilliant. And then the other thing is in this decade, I can't believe this is in this decade, but Elvis Dumerville leaves the Broncos because a fax doesn't go through. <laughs> That's this decade. Because a wow. fax doesn't go through. I don't even know if people have fax machines anymore, like in offices. Yeah. That Some of our is- listeners may not even know what they are. <laughs> um, uh, also so- happening, you mentioned something from Cleveland also happening this decade. I, I thought it was last decade, actually, or the decade before, but LeBron James's decision. When he decided to yeah. take his talents to South oh, Beach, that God. happened in 2010. Wow. So we could, oh, we could, God. and then ever since then, LeBron has basically had ESPN as an, I, I think that really changed the way sports media is. LeBron, after that, people, I think ESPN realized, holy crap, this many people tuned in just to watch where he was deciding to go. So they just made ESPN basically an infomercial for LeBron. I mean, he's on every single day as yeah. a top story. He's the, the Dallas Cowboys now of, of ESPN. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it was wild to me to realize that he was that that was this decade. And then I did want to ask you guys other well other I think the probably the biggest story of the decade. I don't want to get too much of a downer, but I didn't realize these were this decade. We saw the Jerry Sandusky and Larry Nasser stuff mm-hmm. this decade, which were They're both in this decade. Yeah, to go back and listen to some of those stories. I actually read a little bit about it in Malcolm Gladwell's Talking with Strangers, a solid book for anyone out there. But just to go back and look at those stories, it is unbelievable that that happened. Just this past in this ten years, wow! Well, stories. I will say that to to make this a positive, I think that this has been a wonderful decade to be a minority and to be a woman. I think that like um, we as white, we've seen men major improvements. We we sometimes see the world as like what we have and what we've lost, and I don't think the three of us have this problem as much as most white men. But a lot of white men have this problem, and and for women and for minorities, I think the growth that has happened this decade. In public consciousness, at the bare minimum, just the you know Twitter hashtags have grown so much that like your yeah. your struggle, no matter who you are, is something the world can be aware of, and I think that's phenomenal. And and I hate that we know the names of these evil people, and we don't know as many of the names as the great people that these evil people uh, affected. But um, I will say that it's wonderful that. Uh, the the people that have been victim to a lot of these things have been able to do something about it, and and that's yeah. one of the wonderful things I'll take away from this decade forever. So, 
Um, all right, right, right before we get out of here, Pops, I'm going to throw you on the spot. If you could go back, relive, fly on the wall moment of one sporting event over the past decade, do you have? Can you can you choose one? LJ, if you oh, have one, one, go ahead. Well, I'll, do you want me to go now or do you want me to? Yeah, wait? go now because I'm not sure what it would be this decade. Right, okay. So, so what I would what I would relive, and it's I'm not a Tim Tebow fan. I'm just not. But man, it was like six years ago today. I think as we're recording this, probably that Tim Tebow beat. The Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC, uh, was it divisional rounds? I, I don't know. It was a wild but it was, card round on that 80 yard touchdown in overtime. Oh, with, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was just so much fun to watch. Tebow Mania was, I mean, I'm, again, not a Tebow fan, but that man. was the climax of Tebow Mania right there. I mean, first oh, take exploded. I mean, so good. So <laughs> much fun. He had a mess in his house he had to clean up after that. I mean, that was I will say, Mania at all time high. And I'm saying that. And I know what, like three years later, the Broncos won the Super Bowl, and I'm still picking yeah. that game as the one I'd relive. I mean, Jesus, that was, that was too, so much it? fun. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, that yeah. place was probably rocking. Oh, my God. Well, and that's what I was going to mention, Dad. It could be a Homer thing. I mean, it could be a Razorback moment. Or well, there haven't been a lot of good Razorback <laughs> moments this years. last decade. Yeah. It, uh, I was trying to when take a point, Kevin. I can't. <laughs> so, one Razorback moment that could be worth reliving. Would be when the Razorbacks beat Kentucky in Bud Walton Arena when Michael Qualls hit a putback okay. dunk as the time expired. That okay. was pretty that cool. That might have been the loudest I've ever seen Bud Walton get. It'd be cool to be inside of there when that <laughs> happened. That wasn't a championship; it was just a regular SEC. But that'd be cool. I'll throw out mine, and I don't really—I don't think I'm. Maybe I'm a bigger NBA fan than NFL because both the first two things that came to mind were two NBA games. It would be Game Six when the Heat beat the Spurs, where Ray Allen hits that shot in the in corner. The corner yeah, as the, yeah, that sent it to overtime. And then the, the Heat end up winning. Or I think it would be this. Number one moment would be Game 7, Warriors versus Cavs. LeBron wins that, the finals. Kyrie hits that big shot in the fourth quarter, beating the 73-win Warriors in Game 7 to get Cleveland's first championship. That game, we were actually watching that in Jamaica, Pops. And I went nuts watching that on a lobby TV down in the at the hotel at the resort we were at. So... I, do you have do you have when, a game when did Dirk moment? when did Dirk uh, win the championship over Miami? Two thousand eleven. Two thousand. I was thinking that was eleven, and I really thought that's what wow. you were going for when You're you said that. that. Sit down on the wow the third place at best. Well, yeah. and the only reason the only reason is because the like that fourth quarter of that game it was a good game, but it was, I don't know. I think that game seven that Warriors that versus Cavs is something that goes back maybe the best game or biggest moment. I think it was the biggest game of the decade, regardless of support. I think that was the 73 Warriors going up against LeBron James at the cap with the Cavaliers trying to bring one back. I think that was a bigger sports moment. Now, the homer in me would be it would be cool to see Dirk hoist the trophy. That would have been pretty awesome. Yeah, be, yeah, I'd, I'd like to be cool. a fly on that wall. Do you have a moment or a game, Dad? Well, I think when you said that, I really thought you were going to that Dirk. I really was into the Mavericks, you know, that year and when they won, yeah. I'll tell you. Uh, no, I guess I'm betting on the future, but I got to watch a little bit of Luka Doncic play against uh, the Denver Nuggets. You know what? He was drafted by the Denver, by the Dallas Mavericks this decade, and he is going to be a hell of a ball player for years to come. Yeah, I just love that we're Where getting in on a Dallas. In Ten years. Yeah, yeah. I think I just love that we're getting in this podcast on a little Dallas love note. Did you see Luka Doncic <laughs> now has 19 triple doubles, which is two away from the Dallas Mavericks all time lead? That at 21, and he's not even 21 years old yet. The dude drops wow. 30, 10, and 10s like it's nothing. Wow. So, as a Mavericks fan, yes, Dad, I think maybe the moment could be go back to 2011, but I think bright, bright times are ahead with Luka Doncic wearing a, wearing a Dallas jersey. So, 
I think that will oh God, wrap I us up. I hope we don't listen to this in 10 years and just like feel sad. Yeah, I'll probably cry <laughs> if he's not in a Dallas jersey. So I think that'll wrap <laughs> us up for another episode of the JPP Podcast. We appreciate you rocking with us in 2019, and we hope you stay with us throughout 2020. We're going to be firing off episodes yep, yep. every week. As normal, we're back in it. Uh, as always, we'll have our show notes. We're going to put uh, Dad's America's Got Talent on there. We're going to put the Tiny Desk Concert on there. And then anything else we talked about, we'll have it up. And Pretty make sure much everything Derrick Henry did, we'll put up there. Yeah, so. <laughs> Derrick Henry's entire <laughs> life will be, yeah. Um, <laughs> and make sure, if you're not already, uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter. We, uh, we'll post out episodes on there. And then if you're not, if you're listening to this and you don't know, if you're not subscribed to us on either Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast, or if you're not sure if you subscribe to us, go in there. Make sure you are. You'll get a notification on your phone letting us let you know every time a new episode drops. And we hope you stick around with us. We we got a. I think we got a big year. 2020 is a big year for the JPP. So let's let's see what we can do. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. That'll wrap us up. I think Another at some episode, point we will, we'll say in 2020 hindsight, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That pretty, pretty good. All right, that'll wrap up. We will catch you again next week on another episode of the JBP Pod. God, I will holler at you later. Peace. Peace.